Hello and welcome to episode 130 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast being recorded in the beautiful North Georgia mountains, North Georgia. Tonight, it's once again time for that February crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, which is chock-a-block full of crazy travel stories, a quick update. Last week was an overnight turn and burn to Valdosta, Georgia. And Valdosta, Georgia is home to one of the best Hilton Garden Inn locations that I've ever stayed at. If you're hungry, there's a Panda Express and a Chick-fil-A just a block away, a Mexican restaurant across the parking lot, and if you are in need of a pub sub, which is any sub sandwich from Publix, there is a Publix down the street with a pretty decent selection of local beers. That Hilton Garden Inn makes a truly amazing old-fashioned right down to muddling the sugars, bitters, and fresh orange peel. Nothing come out coming out of a pre-mixed sugar jug. Now, if the Hilton Garden Inn isn't your speed, you can stay at the Jolly Inn, which is located directly behind the Hilton Garden Inn. And the Jolly Inn, as you would expect with the name of Jolly Inn, boasts a solid 2.5 stars on Google reviews. And with such great reviews as... Could be absolutely positively worst hotel I've ever been in. Dead roaches in my room, cockleburrs embedded in the carpet, and they obviously didn't change the linen since somebody's hair and dirt were in my bed. My colleague had live roaches in her toilet and woke up with bed bug bites all over her arm. Oh, but wait, they did have coffee in the lobby. So it is truly hard to believe that they only have a 2.5 rating with reviews like that. On to tonight's topic, which is nothing more than an episode full of the February crazy travel roundup stories. This first one comes to us from Live and Let Fly. They take off, I'm assuming, of a James Bond Live and Let Die. Intoxicated passenger headbutts flight attendant when told to wear a mask. I told you this was going to be the year of the maskers and the vaxxers. 24-year-old Daniel Hendry was vacationing in the Canary Islands and had a few too many prior to his flight back to Manchester late January. Passengers around Hendry reported that he had turned verbally aggressive. Visibly intoxicated, Hendry also refused to wear a mask on board. Flight attendants found him sitting with his mask off and an open bottle of Smirnoff Vodka, that was almost empty. He confessed that he had consumed most of it on board. Well, of course he wasn't wearing a mask. How else can you slam a bottle of $12 Smirnoff? And how did nobody, none of the other accompanying passengers, notice this behavior? Now, of course, it gets better. A male flight attendant confronted him, and Hendry turned violent, telling the flight attendant, F off, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to smash your head in. He then proceeded to headbutt the flight attendant, then turned to a female flight attendant and stroked her arm. So Daniel is a bit manic. The captain attempted to divert, but was not given clearance to land early, so no clearance clearance. 
Police met the aircraft and Hendry was promptly arrested where he proceeded to damage the police van by banging his head against the windows and doors. Hendry faces a 5,000 pound fine and up to two years in jail for his conduct under UK law. He should be thankful the captain did not receive clearance to divert or else the fine could have risen by as much as 80,000 pounds. I got a question for you. Have you ever been to a car dealership and wondered, how do they get that car in the dealership's lobby? Possibly the guy in our first story from Atlanta wondered the same thing. From WSB-TV, my hometown radio and TV station, Atlanta man arrested for driving a car inside downtown hotel lobby. From that headline, I am hoping that Atlanta isn't creeping in on the Florida man moniker. Somehow, Atlanta man just doesn't roll off the tongue. But going to the story, a man is facing multiple charges after police say he caused a crash and then drove his car inside of a downtown Atlanta hotel. Officers were called to the Sheraton Atlanta on Portland Street in reference to a crash. The victim in the crash told officers that a man in a black Volkswagen Passat hit her and then drove off. While officers were still at the scene, a security guard at the hotel said that the hit-and-run driver had just backed into the hotel doors, causing damage. When the officers tried to stop the car and contact the driver, the driver drove off and then went entirely into the lobby of the hotel. There's a video. Of course, there's a video. There's always a video. And he drives right through the front door at the excessive speed of possibly five miles an hour circles the lobby as the desk clerk exits screen right and parks directly in front of the elevators. Now here's the bright side. Since the hotel is staffed 24-7, he won't have to worry about his car getting broken into if he parks it in the lobby and says he will apparently be going to jail. If you visit the Instagram account ETL Scoop or Atlanta Scoop, you can watch the video and also get the hell scared out of you if you happen to live in the downtown Atlanta area by some of the other videos and stories. From the Florida Come for the Sun, Stay for the Crazy Department, CBS 12, gives us naked suspect hurls knives, trash cans at police in Florida hotel standoff, and a video posted to Facebook by police, by their police webcams or body cams, the suspect threw knives, a trash can, and other items at officers as they tried to get him to surrender. Police responded with several taser blasts and pepper spray. And there's nothing better than a good taser video. But they responded with taser blasts and pepper spray, which had little effect on the suspect who was sitting in a chair with a knife in his hand telling officers to shoot him. After a hostage negotiator talked to the man for about an hour to de-escalate the situation, officers rushed the room and placed the man in handcuffs. And I've watched this video, oh, several times. And he was hit with at least three tasers. This man got lit up, absolutely no effect. Once police entered the room, he had so many LEDs, red and green LED lasers on him between the additional tasers and lethal weapons he truly resembled a Christmas tree. In fact, so many LEDs on him that if they had released four or five cats on him, there would have been no need for a hostage negotiator as those cats chased all over his body, those LEDs. And the headline for this could have easily become Cat's Revenge. And of course, the author would have been 
none other than Claude Balls, and the reason? Because he was naked. This in from the There's Still Hope for the World Department, CNN Travel posted TSA officer helps family get to Portland, Maine after a mix-up lands them 3,000 miles away. A TSA officer is being praised for helping a confused family that landed in Portland, Oregon, instead of their intended destination more than 3,000 miles away in, you guessed it, Portland, Maine. A travel agency booked the family of three on a flight to the wrong airport late last year, and the family didn't realize the mistake until they landed. If you read through the whole TSA article, Officer Martin Rios was called in to help translate for the Spanish-speaking passengers. Long story short is that Martin broke out his wallet, bought tickets for the family to fly to the correct Portland, the one that is in Maine. And in return, Martin was rewarded PDX's Make the Connection Quarterly Award for his customer service. While I have never landed at the wrong airport, I have had dreams or possibly nightmares about it. I have shown up for what I thought was a flight that I had booked on that day, only to discover that I had no reservation. And the reason I had no reservation is that I had actually booked the ticket for the following day. Now, I did book a rental at the wrong airport, at the wrong Buffalo, New York airport. And here's today's travel tip, or the first of today's travel tips. There are two airports with both Niagara and International in their name. I landed at Buffalo Niagara International Airport, yet somehow I managed to book my rental at Niagara Falls International Airport. Don't ask me how it happened, but I was somewhat relieved when I got to the Hertz counter to find that I had no car, that I was not the first person that had ever done this. This next one is again from Live and Let Fly, which may quickly become my next favorite site if they keep putting out content like this. Angry Cat shreds a 737 cockpit. Of course it did. It appears that a cat got stranded in the cockpit of an L. Al Boeing 737-900 for two weeks. The plane wasn't flying but parked, and this cat somehow got on the plane. Nobody seems to know, but it shredded every bit of foam in the cockpit. There's pictures of it. There is a picture of the cat perched in the window of the cockpit, looking down at people with a smirk on its face, sort of like, what did you expect? Here's my take on flying with cats. Way back in 1970, we were living in Palos Verdes, California. My dad was transferred to Rockville, Maryland. Our cat, Charlie, our cat, Charlie, was pregnant. See, our family was way ahead of gender labeling, way ahead of our time. The plan was, though, that dad would fly out early with the cat while my mom and I stayed behind so that I could finish up the school year. So Charlie being pregnant, the vet gave us a few pills for Charlie so she would enjoy the flight, basically pretty much relax and get knocked out. Now, this was 1970s, and animals flew in the cargo hold of the plane along with your checked luggage. Any emotional support that you might need or require while flying came in the form of booze or cigarettes. Now, here's the second travel tip of the day. If the plane you are flying on has an ashtray in the armrest, you are more than likely flying on a very old plane because smoking on planes was officially banned in the year 1990. Now back to my dad, he lands in Dulles, gets off the plane, heads down to baggage claim. As he approaches, he hears this commotion of voices and gasps. It dies down, completely disappears. 
As he gets closer to the baggage claim, he again hears all the commotion of voices and gasps. He looks down the belt, and there's Charlie in Charlie's cat carrier, and she has given birth to two kittens somewhere in the air between California and Maryland. Now, my dad claims that he waited till everyone picked up their luggage and left before he even got close to grabbing the cat carrier. And as a cat would do later that night, in the hotel, Charlie gave birth to two more kittens. My dad, the original road warrior. The points guy gave us this one, and I'm going to label it the first step is admitting you have a problem. This American Express card member is sitting on 11 million points. One small business owner took points and miles hoarding to an entirely different level. A Twitter user posted a screenshot of a friend's American Express membership rewards account with over 11 million points. Now, the points guy, well, the website name like the points guy, that's what they focus on. They value American Express membership reward points at right around two cents a piece. So cash value, this guy is sitting over at right around a quarter of a million dollars worth of points. Now, PPG or the points guy suggested a few fun ways to redeem them. You could spend up to 700 nights at an all-inclusive resort, over 2,500 nights at a Hilton hotel property. You could buy a bunch of gift cards, assuming you went for the $1,000 Home Depot gift card. You could get 112 of them. So you do the math and you would end up with about $112,000 worth of gift cards. You could certainly do some damage at your local Home Depot. The points guy's last suggestion, of course, would be to cash out all the points of the account. So there's a couple ways to do this. One way that you could cash out is that American Express will let you use membership points to cover your monthly card charges. And as you could well imagine, this is not going to be a great deal. The rate is 0.6 cents per point. So at that rate, that 11 million points converts to right around $67,000 of card charges that they could cover. Now, that could buy you a couple of nice items. But if you happen to have the American Express Platinum card, and they have one branded for Swab, and you opt to invest your rewards, you can redeem points that are linked to your Swab brokerage account at the rate of 1.25 cents, so 1.25 cents for each point. At that rate, that 11 million points would net you somewhere right around $140,000 that you could invest with Swab. Of all the options, that probably is the most profitable, probably not the most fun, but probably the best bang for your buck. Here is our second Florida or our second Florida man story. Man tries to board flight from Florida with 22 pounds of meth, or as we like to call it, Florida fuel. This comes to us from the New York Post. A passenger at Orlando International Airport was arrested for trying to board his flight with 22 pounds of crystal meth. A TSA agent stopped Eli Brown at the gate for a random bag check before he could board his flight to Louisville, Kentucky. Brown, age 46, told cops, get this, the bag wasn't his. He claimed he fell asleep on his flight from L.A. to Orlando. And when he woke up, he saw the bag next to him. So he grabbed it, assuming it was his because it looked the same. Cops arrested Brown on charges of trafficking in meth, especially over 200 grams. Police say the drugs were worth over $500,000. 
So let's deep dive into this one. If you are lucky enough to smuggle drugs, much less 22 pounds of them, onto a plane, I am going to guarantee you that you won't leave them behind when you get off the plane. For example, many years ago, the entrepreneur, when he was a teenager, he stumbled across several cans of Four Loco hidden in his room. And this was back when Four Loco was truly Four Loco before it got uh, dumbed down. When we confronted him, he explained that a friend, wink, wink, had left them there. My response was, at the ripe old age of 18, alcohol is so coveted that no one is going to leave it anywhere. Same with 22 pounds of meth, aka Florida fuel. No one is going to leave it behind. Now, 22 pounds is a decent amount of weight. There's no way that Mr. Brown's bag weighed exactly the same as the random bag that somebody conveniently left behind next to him. But I can tell you one thing. I'm guessing that there is someone in Louisville that is less than pleased with Mr. Brown. Here's a couple questions for you. Do you have trouble shopping for a loved one? Do you have an extra $550,000 and a couple of CFM56-3C1 jet engines laying around? If you answered yes to both of those questions, then head over to the Facebook marketplace where you can purchase your very own Southwest Airlines Boeing 737 minus the engines. And so let's think about this for just a second. The list price for Boeing's smallest 737 has got to be at least $80 million. And I'm guessing if you rolled in there with a bag of cash and gave cash with order, you could probably bring the price down to, I'd say, $60 million easily. Look, you're only buying one jet. You're not outfitting a fleet. I don't know how much of a discount you're going to get. But just for kidding, let's say you get that jet down to $60 million for a brand new jet. A couple of used jet engines would cost you at most five or six million dollars. And this plane has been sitting since 2017, so I'm going to guess it's going to need some fluids change. So, uh, you know, ten million dollars between the, the 500K for, the, for the, the carcass of this thing, a couple jet engines and a good cleaning and a good oil and lube. You could have a functioning 1996 Boeing 737 for under ten million dollars. Now, my other thought would be buy it, convert it into some sort of an Airbnb or possibly a restaurant. I mean, that would be a kick. You've got so many road warriors that aren't flying quite as much. They'd, get, they'd love to eat in a, a damn jet. But the problem with that is first, you'd have to get the thing out of the middle of the California desert. So this next story has been all over the news. United Airlines 777 suffers major engine failure. If you haven't seen it, the cliff notes is United Flight 328 was scheduled to operate from Denver to Honolulu. Plane had 241 people on board, 231 passengers, and 10 crew members. And as the 777 climbed through 10,000, 11,000, 12,000, 13,000 feet, it suffered issues with its right engine. Issues as in it burst into flames and began raining debris across northwest Denver. This is the type of video, and of course there's a video, that is so terrifying, it is really truly as if your life is flashing before you. The pilot calmly, and I mean calmly, radios Mayday and spins this 777 around and takes it back and lands it. Now, I've never flown on a 777, but after seeing pictures, I figured it would have been a bit bigger 
in order to hold that pilot's balls. And yet, another Florida story. And why? Because Florida is the gift that just keeps giving. This one is from View from the Wing. Woman on Spirit Airlines flight to Florida announces she'll have to be physically removed over her mask. A woman was removed from a Spirit Airlines flight to Florida last Thursday over her refusal to wear a mask. She told cabin crew that they were going to have to forcibly remove her and that she didn't have to wear a mask because she was eating. Very reminiscent of the guy probably six months ago that kept a Pringle can up to his mouth because he claimed he was eating Pringles during his whole flight. Now, the whole kicker to this post is the last sentence that the author penned or wrote. He said she was headed to Fort Lauderdale, period, Spirit Airlines, period, Florida, period. We probably could have written the rest of the story just from those three words above. Here's my last travel tip for tonight's episode. If you plan to fly on a plane, you are going to be required to wear a mask. If this hampers your freedom, your style, your whatever, Remember, the Megabus has $2 fares now through September. So before we close out tonight's episode, a little bit of housekeeping. I now have a spot to post show notes. It's over at PodPage. It ingests everything from Anchor, which is what hosts this podcast, and then allows me to edit, add pictures. If you're interested, there will be a link in the show notes, but it is podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories and thank you so much for the emails for episode 128 it's okay to not be okay this was the episode about keeping it all together mentally after the past 12 months and who knows what's ahead of us in the next coming 12 months i will probably do some sort of a follow-up episode on this on that subject again just due to all of the interest But in the meantime, if you have a question or a comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Mm